Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm going to read to you a verse today from the eight stanzas of mind training. Eight stanzas of mind training. And this is number four. Number four of the eight stanzas of mind training. Halfway done. So I'm going to read this and I'm going to comment on it. And these are short, pithy phrases. They're sort of designed to be things we can remember in the moment when we need to remember them. That's the point of these. That's the point of this kind of mind training. So here it is. When seeing sentient beings of bad character who are oppressed by fierce evil and suffering, may I cherish them for this is as rare as the discovery of a precious treasure. I'm going to read that again. When seeing sentient beings of bad character who are oppressed by fierce evil and suffering, May I cherish them, for this is as rare as the discovery of a precious treasure. So, there's some things going on here. Um, We want to, what are we talking about here? Well, first of all, we're talking about, in this this context, in in this teaching, in the Bodhisattva path, we are saying that all beings have awakening and basic goodness as their true nature. And at times we struggle to believe that about ourselves, but also at times we struggle to believe that about people that seem like jerks, right? People that seem like jerks. We struggle to believe that they have goodness as their nature. And what the teaching is, is that We all have this goodness as our nature, and we just have delusion and our attachments and our selfishness and our emotional baggage. All these things keep us from manifesting our true nature. And even that person, even that person who very clearly seems like a bad person, even them, they have goodness as their nature. So the implication of that is, okay... So what does this mean for us? Can we hold on loosely to our feelings of judgment, to our aggression against who we perceive as a bad person? And that's not to say, and I try to be very careful when I talk about this, because that's not to say that if someone uh, commits some act that traumatizes you, that you should just, you know, let them that you should just not resist that that you should just be traumatized and just forgive them and let them walk all over you whatever whatever it's we're not saying that and i know someone who wanted to argue against these teachings could say hey why why do buddhists let people walk all over them all the time and that's not what we're talking about healthy boundaries are good but we are talking about maybe not judging so harshly you know if i see someone rob a store and they don't shoot anyone or anything, you know, I don't have to judge that person. 
I don't have to, especially when no one's harmed, I don't have to wish for them to get the highest possible penalty, although some people think that way. Some people think that way, and they think, oh, you committed a crime, you should go to jail for 30 years. We don't have to think that way. And we don't have to cut people out of our lives when what they did wasn't that bad. This is a tough this is a tough thing to talk, talk about. I don't want to sort of rank things and say this is this bad and this is this bad and this is this bad, but at the same time we can have some nuance. We can have some nuance. We've seen we've seen for example in the United States in the drug war, we have seen people go away for years and years and years because they sold drugs or they possessed drugs. And some people have the attitude, well, they shouldn't have committed a crime. They knew what they were doing, blah, 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 blah. And that is kicking someone out of your heart. That is kicking someone out of your heart. And especially like if nobody's harmed, what are you, what are you doing, right? So it's different if somebody murders, commits a murder, and then you think, oh, well, they should go to jail for a long time. Well, that's different because that has another aspect to it, and that is protecting people, right? But um, many crimes are not like that. Um, many crimes are not like that. But that being said, that being said, we want to be very careful to manifest compassion. And we really need it when we think people don't deserve it, which is sometimes, right? Sometimes we think people don't deserve our compassion, whether it's somebody who steals a car or a homeless person by the side of the road, if we're telling ourselves, oh, well, they did something to get themselves in that position. Well, we're really telling ourselves that because knowing that there are homeless people makes us uncomfortable. That's the truth, right? So, but another level to this is this. Difficult people are opportunities for us to practice patience. And again, I'm not talking about someone that victimizes you, but I'm talking about someone that's annoying. Someone that's unpleasant to work with. Even, even someone that gets angry really easily and shouts all the time. These people still have goodness as their core, true nature, and they can be opportunities for us to practice patience and compassion. And it's very hard to think in that way, especially when someone really bothers us. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that bother us. I'm not talking about people that attack us. I'm talking about people that just bother us. So I'm going to tell a story now. And this is the story, what's called, I call it the story of Atisha and his rude assistant. Okay. In... The 11th century, Buddhism in Tibet was in Tibet was beginning to renew itself after a period of sharp decline. And many Buddhist masters from India were invited to Tibet to give teachings, and one of them was Atisha. Atisha is is a giant in Tibetan Buddhist history. He's considered a very important figure, okay? Um in in the West, we might think of Socrates or somebody, somebody like a big deal, right? Like Socrates or Shakespeare or somebody, somebody who 
like everybody knows who Atisha is and he's considered an important figure. Okay. Okay. So he was a well-known scholar and an expert on mind training, which is again, what kind of teaching this is that we're talking about today. Okay. He committed to staying in Tibet. He was from India and he committed to staying in Tibet and teaching for a few years. And he ended up staying for the entire rest of his life. So that is his story. And among those that traveled to Tibet with him, and he had a, a team that went with him, and among those was an assistant who cooked his meals, cooked, cooked meals for everybody, okay? And the assistant was known as a very difficult person. He was rude. He didn't smile. He was dismissive, not friendly at all, okay? The Tibetans that met him found him rude and unfriendly. I guess I just said that. And the Tibetans were surprised to see that the assistant was rude to Atisha too. So he's there as an assistant and he's being rude to the person he works for, okay? And they wondered why Atisha would keep such a difficult person in his company. Why would Atisha do that? But Atisha never showed anger, never showed intolerance or impatience toward the assistant, even when he was really, really rude. The Tibetans knew that taking a long journey, like the one Atisha and his assistant had taken from India, could bring out the worst in people sometimes. You know, and we know that about road trips now, right? If you go on a long road trip with your family, it's hard to keep being nice to your family sometimes. And these are people you love, right? So the Tibetan people were impressed that Atisha was able to maintain a positive attitude towards his assistant after just spending so much time together on the road. And he's they've arrived and they're still spending time together. And Atisha was just positive. And eventually, um, the Tibetans were just talking to each other about it, sort of gossiping for a long time. But eventually... Someone asked him, someone said, hey, Atisha, why, why did, could you not find a more pleasant person to be your cook to come with you? And Atisha replied, he's not just my cook. He's teaching me patience. He's teaching me patience. With that one statement, Atisha is telling us how we can transform ourselves through training our minds. How? how we can respond to others, even those that are rude, even at times those that are, that are causing us harm. You see, what Atisha found when he came to Tibet, when he met the Tibetan people, and he knew, he knew this already, the Tibetan people had a reputation for being very pleasant and easy to work with for Indian teachers that visited, okay? And Atisha had heard this, and he knew this reputation. So he knew that... He was going to be respected. He was going to be beloved when he got there. And he wanted something to remind him that life's not always that way. And sometimes people are difficult. So he brought this difficult person with him on purpose so he wouldn't lose sight of that. Because he thought it would have... Um, he thought it would have sort of gotten in the way of his teaching to not have an unpleasant person around, to remind him 
of what things are usually like, just in case the rumors were true and these Tibetans were just lavishing praise on him all the time. He didn't want to have a distorted view of reality from everybody being nice all the time. So he brought this rude person on purpose so that he could just experience that, continue to experience that aspect of human life. That's a crazy thing to think about, right? I can't imagine intentionally taking a rude person somewhere with me, but that Atisha's really teaching us something here. He's really teaching us something here. Um, I'm going to read to you from a different text called The 37 Practices of a Bodhisattva because I think this quote here is really um, relevant. Even if someone humiliates or denounces you in front of a crowd of people, think of this person as your teacher and humbly honor him. That's what we're talking about here. Atisha is humbly honoring his his cook, even though he's sort of making him look bad by being such a jerk in front of everybody, right? And we can do that too. So, but at the very least, we can have some grace for the difficult people in our lives. At the very least, we can do that. Even if we struggle to see them as teachers, struggle to see their role as important, Let's try to show them some kindness when we can, okay? So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me, and have a good day. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.